You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm so excited that we're back. So if you have been following along, you know that Beck and I are doing an every other release schedule just while her and John move across the country. No big deal. Um, and for any of you who have moved before, you know just how disorienting and you know how much is going on while you do move so while they're settling in we're going to be releasing every other week um and I'm so excited to be back this week with an episode that we know you're absolutely going to love I had the pleasure of meeting Eliza Shirazi at a sweats and balances event that I um, spoke on a panel for probably a couple months ago now. Um, And she was one of the very first people I met when I walked in the room and I was just drawn to her. I think she, you can just tell she has such great energy. She's so uplifting. And then when she started the workout, you can just really tell how inspiring and motivating she is. Um, So we're so excited to share this conversation with you. We really get into social media on this one, which is such an important topic as all of us are on there for maybe a little bit longer than we'd like per day. Um, I know for Beck and I, just as we have gone further along in the podcast process and building our brand um, on social, we're spending more and more time on it. I'm on it all the time for work, so it's important to... For us to have these conversations, to keep it real, to be honest where we're at with social and also just talk about ways that we can step away because that's super important as well. And speaking of social, seamless transition, um, please follow us on Instagram, send us an email, join our super exclusive Facebook group. We would love to have you in there. We're having a lot of different conversations. Um, We're actually even doing a book club more recently. So super excited about that. And that is it. So I hope you're having an amazing day, night, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. And we will see you back in two weeks. Bye guys. Welcome back, guys, to the podcast. We're so excited for this week's guest. We're excited because we're recording in person. For yeah. Like, the first time in a really long a time, while. it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, but we have Eliza Shirazi with it, with us of Kick It by Eliza. Um, if you're in the Boston area, then 
you've totally <laughs> seen her on Instagram. You've mm-hmm. been to one of her classes. She's like the most upbeat, bubbly human ever, and we're so excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so we usually like to start, I feel like, just the basic question, but um, can you tell us a little bit, so you have this empire vampire mm-hmm. now yeah. if you will um but where did you start how did this all start for you and kind of how did you end up where you are now this vampire as we call it has been such like an organic um thing it's really grown on its own I'd say for the past I don't know we'll call it five, six years of, you know, being really intentional and really putting hard work into it. But before any of that happened, I was teaching Kick It just for fun. Mm -hmm. So it really was just a creative outlet. It was a way for me to meet people in college. I started when I was in school and I grew up dancing. And if anyone has kind of learned about my background before, I'm a little bit of a broken record, but I tried out for the dance team when I got to school because I danced competitively growing up and I didn't make the dance team twice. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, like I knew I wasn't going to be a Broadway star, Mm -hmm. but I figured I had enough talent to make my collegiate level team. Yeah. And I didn't. And I, you know, you're going into your freshman year anyways to college, you're trying to figure out like what the heck Mm-hmm. you're gonna yeah. do and you have this pressure of what you want to do for the rest of your life by picking mm-hmm. a major yeah. and the friends you choose your freshman year are or like you know the friends that you make your freshman year mm-hmm. are typically your friends for like the duration of your college years and maybe yeah. even past that so there's all this pressure in like personal life with friendships mm-hmm. relationships and you know also in building your career and what you're studying and academia and all that and so I was just hoping that dance could be my one constant. Yeah. And nope. <laughs> when I got to school, they're like, nope, you cut, didn't Crashing make it. Down. How did you? So like, I feel like obviously now you can look back at that yeah. and have perspective. But I feel like I would have been crushed Me and just like questioned like what I was doing. So oh how yeah. Did, what did you do? Um, I remember I called my mom. I was walking on campus and I was just saying how sad I was. My mom will tell you that I'm not really a crier, which is true. Um, I kind of express my sadness via anxiety like mm-hmm. days later, which is really yeah. lovely and fun. Oh, so fun. So if anyone has anxiety that's listening, I'm here for you. Uh, but anyways, I called my mom and I, I was just really upset. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she she just said, there's something greater that's going to happen for you. I just know it. And whether that's just, you know, like motherly love yeah. or whatever, she really had a gut instinct that something great was going to come from from this Mm -hmm. and it did and I started teaching kickboxing because I took classes when I was in high school with my mom at our local gym and I just loved the community and the environment that it built and I'd go with my best friend Katrina and she we danced together we actually met through dance and it was just always like a nice release you know Mm -hmm. like away from the competitive world of dance away from like school work and high school and all that so I thought maybe I can translate that now into my college years instead of dancing maybe this is my new like form of you know creative expression Mm -hmm. um and even growing up in, in school um in high school and college I feel like I never really was in a clique per se I always kind of had different groups of Mm -hmm. friends and that really translated in the classes like the women that would come 
to these classes were from all different walks of life. Like, it, it wasn't just, like, the snobby girls. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, like, the nerds. You know, it was just, like, a really nice mix mm-hmm. of people because the goal of the class is always, um, the purpose has always been to feel, like, included, mm-hmm. you know? And that it's not about body image or calorie counting per se, um, although when you're in college and even now, like you mm-hmm. do it for the workout, oh, like that's sure. why yeah. you show up. Mm-hmm. But with kick it, it started turning into like a, a really fun community where in, in college I would go out and like, you know, everyone's drunk, whatever. And mm-hmm. we would all start just like doing kick it moves. Like we'd see each other <laughs> across the bar. It was yes. like a cool connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. And it really shaped my college experience for sure. There was just something really special about being a part of this bigger community. Mm-hmm. And I went to UMass Amherst and the school is so big that it drew a big following. Mm-hmm. So um, when I graduated school, I was hired to be, it was basically like, they explained it as Peace Corps for Boston. It was called Climb Corps. Mm-hmm. And it was through Brigham and Women's Hospital. So it was a year program. And I thought this is like the perfect way to kind of get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I studied public health and health sciences. So mm-hmm. it was like right in line with what I wanted to do. And it also gave me incredible freedom to teach, which was so key Mm -hmm. at this point. I didn't know it, you know, how important that would would be for me. But um, a lot of people from UMass move either to Boston or New York because it's Mm -hmm. like the two main hubs. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Boston and I moved, people were like, when are you teaching? Like, where can we find your classes? And that was just really nice encouragement that they didn't even know they were giving me Mm -hmm. to keep teaching. Yeah. Um, So my first gig was um in a church basement kind of situation (laughs) but my point is like thank you to the people who first let me teach at their studios (laughs) no matter where it was and the second point of that is that I was willing to teach anywhere I could because Mm -hmm. it was so exciting for me that I had just moved and people wanted to kick it in their space um so that's kind of how it landed in Boston and I was at the Brigham for a few years, actually, and I felt like I was living a double life. I, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I said that program was a year, so I obviously extended my time at the Brigham, and mm-hmm. I worked for really great doctors and people who were understanding that I was kind of building this thing on the side, mm-hmm. and I really struggled with having this full-time job and also teaching on the side because I felt like I couldn't celebrate anything I was doing, mm-hmm. so yeah. really early on... And I think this is because there was such a rise in the fitness scene in Boston mm-hmm. when it, this was probably like 2013, 2014. Um, Kate was just getting such great press. Like mm-hmm. Boston Magazine would cover it all the time. Wow. We were on like Chronicle, but like mm-hmm. really like early stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like I couldn't post about it or share it because I felt like, oh God, what if like my coworkers yeah. or like the doctor I work, work for, he sees it or, yeah. you know, like yeah, no, it's really totally. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, a few years into my job at the Brigham, I slowly just kind of like phased out and mm-hmm. I was, I had already built kind of like a nice teaching schedule Yeah. Um, and other things kind of like in the fire with that. But um, it was definitely a, it's never an easy, smooth transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Unless you're, you just go cold turkey with, some people do it, but it's still not smooth, you know? Yeah. I feel like starting your own business and being an entrepreneur is like so trendy these days, you and know. We're yeah. just talking yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I feel like it's very easy to be entrepreneurial because of social media mm-hmm. and like quick access mm-hmm. to people's phones, whether mm-hmm. it's social media or whatever, email marketing, whatever. 
Um, but I think that it's sometimes, a lot of times actually gets lost in translation mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's actually like an incredible undertaking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think like the entrepreneurs that are really hitting the ground and working really, really hard aren't necessarily the ones anymore on their phones, like posting a lot or, or they have a team that's doing it or, yeah. you know what I mean? So it can be, Instagram in specific can be a little confusing, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. for the audience that's yeah. following. Yeah. Literally, be, we're just talking yeah. about It's this. a little bit of trickery yeah. in a way. Oh, and, yeah. Um, it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I even struggle with it with my own social media because... I still do all of my social and people mm-hmm. will say like, just have someone do it for you or whatever. And yeah. I just, I feel like maybe that'll happen, but the, the account is so authentic to me. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and I try to be real mm-hmm. on it yeah. too. Like not every day is like, I'm teaching a thousand people today. Right. Like right. I'm, you know, in a magazine like, today. I feel great today. Right, well, right. And I also remember a specific post of yours recently, and I loved it, where you were saying that a smaller class Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you are, you're so good at being really authentic, and I think things that other fitness accounts would never in a million mm. posts, because maybe they're a little bit insecure mm, about it, yeah. or there's this, like, popularity contests a little bit. Yeah, it's a weird world. Thanks thanks for appreciating that. And and I I would post I still do. I'll post like these big classes. Like I have a post queued up from a warm up we did at um Harvard Stadium for this uh, corporate cup for mm-hmm. Boston Children's Hospital and there are thousands it's like a sea of people mm-hmm. and um maybe I'll post it tonight and I'll put a fitting yeah. caption with yeah. it. Um you know like bring the reality of yeah, it, right? Yeah. Um but when I'm filming some of like my on-demand workouts or even at our studio in the seaport, mm-hmm. the capacity there is like 13 people. Like mm-hmm. it's a small, you know, yeah. and, um, it also puts this weird pressure on s- newer instructors, even current instructors mm-hmm. that they need to be maxing out, mm-hmm. selling out yeah. every single class. When in reality, like that is not, I mean, business-wise, that's great, right, for cash flow. But in reality, not every class you teach is going to be packed like that. That's not what defines success. Exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not what defines success. Yeah. 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 And that's what I try to kind of instill in the kick-it instructors, the ones Mm -hmm. that are really looking to teach, because it's really hard at first to Mm -hmm. find people to come to your class. You know, like, not convinced, that's not the right word, but get people engaged enough mm-hmm. at like maybe the gym that you're working at now or to come take kick it or you know mm-hmm. so yeah you just see like a lot of like frustration amongst newer instructors especially because there mm-hmm. are all these kind of uh dreamy photos mm-hmm. yeah floating yeah, around totally so mm-hmm. it confuses people um so you talked about we touched on you know the entrepreneurial kind of um uh, I don't know what to call it like the images, facade, yeah, the facade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So because it's so trendy, everyone I hear all the time in the wellness space. We we're just talking about it. Um, that like the end all be all is to quit your job and do and follow your passion, yeah. and mm-hmm. everything will work out as soon as you quit your job, and the money will come. And yeah, you don't really have to work hard. You just kind of have to like manifest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manifest yeah. it, and yeah. if you really believe in it, it will happen. And that's not true. Yeah. yeah. And so I love that you mentioned that. So can you kind of just touch on? the realities of entrepreneurship yeah. and what it actually looks like. Sure. Um, 
and everyone's journey is so different. So, right, like, I got to have a full-time job and kind mm-hmm. of transition mm-hmm. into Kick It um, full-time. Mm-hmm. But um, in that transition, there was so much to figure out. At the time, I had a really great relationship. I still have a great relationship with New Balance. Mm-hmm. But um, I was an ambassador for them. And, again, like, at this point in my life, this worked really well for me. They would see me product. I would, you know, like wear their shit all the time mm-hmm. we do events together it was really exciting for me because it helped me build mm-hmm. a following and legitimacy as yeah. to yeah. what I was doing um in like the third year or so uh, I pitched to them an actual sponsorship mm-hmm. like I, I mean it's I'm not an athlete but it was kind of yeah. like how can we have New Balance more invested in kick mm-hmm. it than just seeding mm-hmm. product yeah and that that moment came from a lot of people that were mentoring me and are still mentors and friends, family mm-hmm. of mine being like, you are, you're giving so much, like mm-hmm. ask for more. Yeah. It's yeah. not that, that they wouldn't do it. It's mm-hmm. I, I had to learn to right. ask, yes. ask. Yeah. and I had to change my thinking from fitness instructor to business owner, mm-hmm. which is a really weird thing to do, especially as a creative. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really hard to have two mm-hmm. caps like that, yeah. that you have to wear. And, um, and so I pitched to them a much bigger deal, and they said yes. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's amazing. Like that. That. Yeah, exactly. Well, after yeah. I signed, sealed, delivered, people yeah. were like, you should have asked for more. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, at that at that point, like, I was yeah. proud of myself mm-hmm. for even, you know, And whatever. it's easy for them to say yeah. to ask mm-hmm. for more, but yeah. you were in the trenches. Yeah, totally. And... So that was, like, the first time I had real dollars coming in, and New Balance was, they were, like, such a great, great partner for me, because, again, like, I was learning things as I was going, and they were the best teachers, and, like, the most Mm -hmm. loving people I'm still so close with, Mm -hmm. many of them there, and um, by the end of this partnership, which was this winter, our contract was up, and I was actually in Japan with my cousins for just a fun trip, which is so mm-hmm. random. That's so, so cool. Wow. So it was fun. amazing. It was <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh my God. But I knew that our contract was coming to a close and um, we hadn't really heard from New Balance yet. At this point, my brother had also joined Kick mm-hmm. It. He has his own business with my dad in the food distribution world, like, like my sister-in-law is in the food world. Yeah. Kind of my family's in that world. Um, but when, when I started partnering with New Balance, he was like, you need someone who has a business mindset to help you. (laughs) So, um, we hadn't heard from New Balance at this point and I'm in, I'm in Japan traveling with my cousins, like, you know, kind of like fingers crossed, like, I I hope. (laughs) And when, when I got back, we had a call with them and it was like, no more. And I was like, another moment of shit. (laughs) shit, I think, um, who knows why really on their end, and again, like, they were the most, it was a hard conversation, it was like a breakup almost, Yeah. we had asked for a lot more, mm-hmm. um, because that's what I thought we deserved, mm-hmm. and I'm sure New Balance thought that's what we deserved too, but they couldn't deliver it, yeah. so that mm-hmm. was kind of like the end of yeah. an exclusive relationship with them, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are curious about that relationship, and, um, you know, a lot of people want to work with brands and this and that, mm-hmm. um, but what I learned with working with New Balance at that time was when I was really lucky with the timing because it allowed mm-hmm. me to quit my full-time job with the Brigham. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that was like a transition. But it also taught me that um, you're likely going to give a lot more mm-hmm. than these companies, mm-hmm. big companies can give you. And mm-hmm. so in terms of like entrepreneurship and building a business, that was really hard for me to understand yeah. because everything was so personal to yeah. me yeah. Yeah. that if... They were so supportive, but, like, 
you know, even hearing no from them on that call mm-hmm. when I'm coming back from this amazing trip mm-hmm. from Japan, oh, you know, like coming right. off the or whatever. Yeah. I had to remind myself, like, not to take business personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I know my relationships with them are wonderful, but mm-hmm. they we couldn't yeah. do this deal. Mm-hmm. And it's not personal. So that's, like, that's a hard thing about being an entrepreneur is that not everyone can work with you, wants to work with you, will like mm-hmm. you, whatever, mm-hmm. and you cannot take it personally, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Unless someone says, like, specifically to your face, like, I don't like <laughs> right. you. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Then that's a little yeah. different. Uh-huh. Um, and then I had to pivot, you know, like, yeah. which is another really hard part of entrepreneurship yeah. and owning yeah. a business. Like, well, now what do we do? Yeah. Right. And so thinking about, like, how can we up our game? Not even just monetarily, but, like, how can I give the instructors more? How can we do more at the studio that we're at in mm-hmm. the seaport? How can we do more on demand? How can we do more with our clothing line? Like, mm-hmm. we're going to have to do more. So, like, mm-hmm. how can we do it? Yeah. It's Again, it's a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, a post of here's the big class that I just taught. You right. know, like, right. there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and, I don't own like a brick and mortar studio mm-hmm. yet. Maybe that'll happen down the road. We're working on some fun things, but mm-hmm. at, my point is, is that no matter what, like, um, no matter what kind of like genre you're in, like I'm in the fitness genre. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a million different ways to be an entrepreneur in mm-hmm. that world, mm-hmm. you know. So everyone has different struggles, but I think like no matter what it's a huge undertaking yeah. and it's not just like selling something with a coupon code. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. which I'm not, I'm not, you know, like pegging those people. Yeah. But what I don't like is when people who aren't really doing the hard, hard mm-hmm. work and they put a title like that mm-hmm. that yeah. holds such weight yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It really like lessens the value of someone does, like me yeah. or whoever. Yeah. Whoever is like yeah. actually doing yeah. some yeah. some real work. Yeah. So and I think it skews people's ideas of, you know, success and what it makes that you feel looks terrible. Like. Right. I do it to myself. Right. The comparison yeah. game is insane. It's ter- I did it this morning to be honest. Mm-hmm. I try really hard now in the morning and at night to not pick up my phone or mm-hmm. have it be the last thing that I look at. Yeah. Yes. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm seeing, like, all these amazing classes, this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, sickening. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? Right. It's like a black hole of just, like... At the end of the day, I feel like I don't feel better. But no, it's no, no. just, yeah. like, you get sucked mm-hmm. down that rabbit right. hole. Totally. And I think there are some really good aspects of social yeah, media, totally obviously. Are. Like, I love being able to be creative and, yeah. you know, sharing pictures of trips that I go on. Or, like, ask people questions. Like, so many times I'm like, hey, what do you use for exercise? Yeah. Yeah. Or just, like, being able to look back on memories and, you know, kind of relive those and see, you know, what the past year looked like. But when it gets into, you know, like, if you drink this tea, like, you're going to be this, you know? Yeah, and I feel like we're going to do a solo episode on this because I feel like it's been bubbling, but... It's just really problematic to me when people are pushing these products that we know mm-hmm. that they don't use, mm-hmm. and that becomes kind of toxic. Yeah. But one thing before I lose it, <laughs> yeah, hold it on. That you touched on, which I think is super important, especially for our female listeners. Um, and we're actually going to do an episode on this later in the season, which is super exciting. But you touched on 
asking for more yeah and Mm -hmm. kind of owning your worth and stepping into that and Mm -hmm. like putting the ask out there Mm -hmm. so I'm curious from your perspective a I'm sure you like prepped yourself but a was that natural how did you kind of like (laughs) work through that yeah um and b like when you were actually doing it what was it like I'm notoriously a people pleaser I'd say Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes people will take advantage of like my bubbliness and my like positivity and Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot in in regards to knowing my worth and also being able to like share that with being kind Mm -hmm. and authentic and not feeling funny about it Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of it's still I mean still I'll call my brother and be like are we asking for too much? And I'm like, no. Like, what are you, crazy? (laughs) Like, okay, I just don't want to piss anyone off. (laughs) And I've really had to strengthen that muscle because in this past year, it has helped me so much being able to, like, not be afraid to ask for more. Mm -hmm. And we were recently, um, we recently redid our pitch deck that we'll send out to companies that want to work with us Mm -hmm. or that we want to work with. And, um, in regards to like putting value in numbers on Mm -hmm. things, I'm so much more comfortable now Mm -hmm. because I know the value and I also give a lot of side eye, this is situational, but I give a lot of side eye to companies, especially big companies that Mm -hmm. ask you to do things for free. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've actually had a short conversation with Rebecca Pacheco. I don't know if you guys know Rebecca. She's an incredible yoga instructor, author. She's in the Boston area. Her husband owns Heartbreak Hill Running Company. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and she, um, I'll, I have to connect you guys with her. Yeah. Yes. Saying it out loud. She's, yeah. she's been in this industry a long time and she's yeah. so intelligent mm-hmm. and just wonderful. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, no, I lost my phone. <laughs> things for free. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she recently tweeted that like these big companies are yeah. re- reaching out to her like, can you sit on a panel for free? Can you do this for free? And it's basically like, no, like fuck you yeah. guys. Like yeah. this is my job. Right. It's <laughs> it's my livelihood yeah. and and uh, I know a lot about this stuff and I've worked right. like really hard to learn about this mm-hmm. stuff and so and again this is mostly geared towards like big companies yeah. but yeah. I've gotten pushback too, being like, oh we don't have a budget or this and that and it's like, well then don't expect me to yeah. like. Right. You know, like, right. like you, there's value. Right. Yeah. I want to show help, up to work but, without pay. Like, right. you wouldn't work a nine totally. to five and be like, oh, I'll do it for And free. that's what's really <laughs> annoying about social media is that they see other quote unquote influencers mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't mix me up with. Right. And it, it, again, like, it comes off a little like snobby, but it's yeah. like, don't mix up a business account mm-hmm. with someone's personal. Yeah. Right. Just like for fun. Like on the side. Or, yeah. Yeah. And again, anyone who's listening, I, I hope I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like peg people down at no. all. Mm-hmm. But to Rebecca's point, it's like if you're asking someone who's been in the industry for a good amount of time yeah. to mm-hmm. share knowledge or whatever, and you're a big ass company, like, yeah. don't be cheap. Because they're exactly. totally taking advantage. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And that's really hard. And it makes it so confusing with social media now because mm-hmm. yeah. some people will say yes and be so excited, but that's mm-hmm. a different kind of person with a different kind of business. Right, mm-hmm. right. So. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, but. no, it's a good point to bring <laughs> yeah. up. And, you know, you get those people, I mean, you mentioned, like, putting in the work and research and, you know, becoming an expert. There are people who claim to be experts who, 
you know, have read a few articles right. and then they're like, oh, right. slap on that name right yeah. there. Right. So to your point, it kind of just downgrades, yeah, it saturates the whole thing. Totally. Like either like they, people that claim to like know a lot about a topic or they, they claim to be like all about female empowerment mm-hmm. or they claim to, you know, it's just kind yeah. of like there's so much bullshit happening yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like I, I'm so passionate about it because I see it a lot and I feel like every time I see it, I feel like I have to like fight back in my head to be like, no, yeah. you know, it's real. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not real. Right. You know, right. it's, that's, I, I do love social media because it's another creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. Fun, yeah. It's so There fun. really are these like aspects that make you have inner battles in your head. Yeah. Like, totally. You know? Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. I think it's just all about perspective and just realizing, like consciously saying to yourself, this is not real and I can't compare myself right. to these people. Like yeah. totally removing yourself from those yeah. thoughts because they're probably not legitimate. Right. You know? Yeah. Like happy for them that they're like, they think they're like living their best lives and yeah. maybe they are. Right. Like so happy for them, but like, let's focus. Yeah. Right. Right. And well, like, cause that's what we do you know? Like we see something and then we see how we level up. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. what we do right. in yeah. everything. In, in everything. classes. Yeah. I see it all the time. Oh, like so people true. looking around, like how do I level up? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing more than her. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Do yeah. you? And I think, so for me, I actually never took classes until mm-hmm. the past couple years. Because I just, like, I don't know. I went for runs. I did weights. But I just, like, I was a little intimidated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I liked being by myself. But that being said, I was, like, I feel like I was in my head about, like, going to my first classes. Yeah. And I'm going to be terrible. And, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And, like, you were saying, of course, it's, like, I can't go in at beginner level. It's, like, I want to go in and be, yeah. like, the best. Right. Um... But for any of our listeners, because it, like, at the end of the day, it is a privilege to go to classes like that. Oh, yeah. Maybe people haven't been to their first class. Do you have any, like, tips on how to, like, go in with the right mindset? Because I feel like that's everything. One tip if you're going to your first class or a new class, a good thing to do is to go with a friend because Mm -hmm. you can kind of like get out of your head and know that you have a little bit of a support system Mm -hmm. when you're going to a class. Mm -hmm. Um, The other tip I would give is that the class is meant for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like these instructors aren't building, they shouldn't be at least, building the workouts for them. Right. It's really to cater to people. Yeah. And you're a person and... You know, like, <laughs> maybe you're fortunate enough to have, like, a working body, yeah. in which case you show up and you just do as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I recently posted something on Instagram, too, saying how much it frustrates me when people say they're afraid to take Kick It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and again, this is coming from a place, like, I've been doing this yeah. for quite a bit of time, so um, I know the format so well, and I yeah. know that it's designed for everybody Mm -hmm. you can modify the shit out of the class and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. or you can take it to like a lot of high impact levels if that's what you want to do but there's this fear around classes now because we see things that promote like crazy intensity Mm -hmm. like instructors yelling in your face or like yelling go faster (laughs) and if you don't complete something like for some reason you fail or like calling people out yeah i've seen that yeah Yeah. that's bad it's It's terrifying (laughs) and and why has fitness turned into this i don't know i really don't know but it's like this glorified this is the hardest class you'll ever take (laughs) sense and like yeah that's cool i guess for like a minute, but then when you think about taking it, you're like, eh, yeah, okay, like, majority 
majority yeah. of people, right? Yeah. Some people who are competitive may, might see those like glorified hard workouts, whatever, mm-hmm. and be like, I want to go try it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for the mass market, yeah, yeah, not really. Yeah. Like, it scares <laughs> it's people. Terrifying. There's, a, there's a fear that's it, it's instilled in people, and um, I mean, even for me, some classes I'm like. Ooh. Like Barry's boot camp, I took one class because mm-hmm. my boyfriend had like a free pass, whatever, and I went yeah. with him. But I was scared shitless. Yeah, we're just talking yeah. about so it. So I just went to my first class with Beck. Yeah. So it's funny you say go with a friend because I was like, hell no, when yeah. I go to this by myself. Right. But like, luckily we went to Candace Peak. That's class. who I took. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that felt better. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm friendly with Candace, and that, and that and also helped, like, yeah. you know, knowing. But I just, I just don't know why everything has to be, like, so, like, hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like, faster, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Like, leave it all on the table. Like, yeah. You know, like, it scares people. Like, your but... last breath will be here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, like, in regards to, like, Barry's boot camp, they do have this, like, stereotype of being a really hard class, mm-hmm. and I think that it's good that some of their personalities are, like, much more welcoming in a sense, mm-hmm. because it helps yeah. people, like, take yes. the first step, but yeah. there is this just, like, sexiness about classes being really hard, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Kick is not really like that. <laughs> like, I mean, some videos I post are, like, we're doing burpees or whatever, but... Yeah. It's meant for yeah. everybody. And so. it's also a workout class. Like, what do yeah. you expect to go and just, like, prance around? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. going to sweat. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The fitness industry is so interesting. It's so competitive. Yeah. How it do is. you deal with that? Yeah. Or do you just kind of, like, forge your own path and... I like to think I'm like that, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I really believe in what... I've done and what I'm doing and it's not even just like it's not even just me anymore it's this group of women that mm-hmm. you know either teach weekly or have gotten certified or are a part of kick in a bigger way and there's just something really tangible it's not just the class that mm-hmm. some of these women are taking it's like friendships connections mm-hmm. networking just becoming better yeah. and it's it's tangible, so that, like, speaks to me mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, this this is actually having an impact on people's lives, you know? Yeah. And, you know, people can take their takes on cardio kickboxing and this and that. But, again, it's, like, not even about the cardio kickboxing yeah. Yeah. when it comes down to it. Like, that's just the mask that gets people in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they realize there's so much more, there's so much more depth yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. They're more than just like a transaction, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. That's so cool. Um, so for people interested in taking kick it classes in Boston, where can they go? And then also you say you you film videos as well, yeah. right? So yeah. Is that people, new? Is that something new? Um yeah. it's I started filming in the winter, so okay. it is new. Um, yeah. but I've been promoting it a little bit more now because yeah. the app that we're on is out of beta. It's like live oh, awesome. and whatnot. So yeah, so now it's kind of like people are perking up a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So tell people how they can take a class or do it virtually. You can take a class live with me or some of the more senior instructors at Via Seaport Residences in the Seaport. The classes are open to public and residents, mm-hmm. um, and that's just kind of like a hub where people 
can find me every week. Um, and then and the instructors teach all over. So some of them are teaching at like YMCA's or boutique fitness mm-hmm. studios or commonly in their workplace um, or with pop-up events. So mm-hmm. that's like a little bit harder so cool. to keep track of. It's kind of like find your local kick it instructor mm-hmm. sort yeah. of thing. Um, and then for on demand, we have a button on our website. So if you're on your phone or computer or whatever, you'll see an on demand feature and you can just click that and it'll drive you to all of our classes on there. But it's, it's really exciting. There's a whole library of kick it classes that are like 15 minutes or 10 minute meditation Mm, or like 30 minute core, whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. but it's really helped us connect with so many more markets and people and it's exciting. And, um, I really feel like there's a lot happening in the digital world mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. from social media, <laughs> like yeah, for bringing sure. fitness to your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peloton is the leading example of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And we're working with a company um, on something, not Peloton, it's not cycling, but something boxing focused for people to do at home. And um, I don't know how much I can say, like I'll tell you guys offline all about yeah. it. So I don't know how much I can say right now about it, but um people are putting money into this, oh, this awesome. like at home market, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and again, like I think Peloton just showed people. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like, for, yeah. for business owners in that sense or investors mm-hmm. or whatever the case, people are excited about it because there's yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. money in, yeah. Yeah, in that world. Yeah. Um, and for me, aside from like monetary reasons, which is not even the focus on that right now. It's really just about reaching more people, mm-hmm. which is so cool on this platform. Yeah. yeah. It's people all over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. And um we we have worked with Pop Sugar too, which um has a really big following and that was really mm-hmm. exciting. We That's got awesome. to film this past winter. And Emily Crocker, who's one of my closest friends and she's an OG kick it instructor when we she masked mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. she's also a cycling instructor. She taught at the handlebar when she lived oh, here. Cool. But cool. um she lives in LA now and when I when I was talking to Pop Sugar about filming, I was like, Oh maybe we can get Emily involved, whatever and it turns yeah. out the studio to film was like down the street from where she lives. Oh, yeah. So that was really exciting and for me I grew up, like, kind of watching Pop Sugar and mm-hmm. all of my favorite people yeah, on the platform. Yeah. So when I got on set, I was, like, starstruck <laughs> by the so set. Cool. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I watched this, like, all the time in college. You know, it was so yes. weird being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, to wrap that response, really, On Demand is on our website. Mm-hmm, yeah. the, the studio information is on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is on there. But you can totally find me live weekly for classes and Perfect. then on demand yeah. all the time um so what is the website kick it by eliza.com and then instagram is also kick, kick it by eliza, eliza. yeah perfect and how many instructors do you have now so over the course of three or so years we've certified 350 women to teach the class crazy which is so Yay. crazy yeah it's yeah. off to you thanks it's um I say that number up, but I'll get real about it. Some women teach and mm-hmm. some women don't, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like some women are yeah. like, I am here to learn and bring this to my community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some women are like, I just got dumped. Um, yeah. I left my job. <laughs> yeah. I just moved here. I need friends. Yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. Um, some women also get recertified. So what I didn't expect initially was mm-hmm. having people on for more than a year. So when mm-hmm. you sign on, yeah. it's like a year contract sort of thing. Yeah. 
or licensing for a year. Yeah. But we have women who have been doing it for four years, which is so cool. Insane. And or they they're get, going to their fourth year. They get yeah. certified here in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have certs in New York too. They're less frequent mm-hmm. just because Boston, the mm-hmm. like everything Everyone. is here yeah. for, for mm-hmm. Kick It. Um, so we host them quarterly. Our next one is September 21st. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, this was an amazing conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So as always, you can find us at detoxandtillpodcast.com on Instagram. Um, we hope you're loving season two so far. Give us any feedback you want. Um, we have some really cool opportunities for you guys to be on the podcast. So um, please reach out if you're interested. Um, and we'll talk to you soon.